Good morning, church. All right, I got three people awake. That's good. Um, Hey, on a scale of one to ten, with the ten being a a distant relative unknown to you, deposited $12.7 million into your bank account yesterday, and a one being you're on day four with no end in sight of a very violent stomach flu. All right? One to ten. All right? What number would you give the first nine days of the year 2022. You have your number? Share it with the person to your right and left what your number is so far, how the year's going. Ooh. That was loud. All right. No visuals on those numbers, by the way, except maybe the money. Uh, Now, today, uh, January 9, 2022, we're concluding our our mini-series his church, a place of, a place of new beginnings, and and we really want those five words, a place of new beginnings, to be the motto for the year twenty twenty two at Maple Grove. Someone say new beginnings. New All right, that's better, and that's who we want to be, right? And that's what we want to experience, and that's what we want to give to our community a new beginning, and that's what we want people to think about whenever their thoughts begin to wander down to the people who meet at, 22, at 3210 Prophet Road. Here's my definition of a new beginning. A new beginning is about changing our story by resetting both our course and our focus on living the life that we were created to live. Now, last week, we unpacked 10 words, uh, 10 words that will help you put his new into your new year, 10 words that will help you live the life you're created to live. I, I even passed out um, some of these heavy-duty cards for you to take with you. We even pass them out in service to give you some time to reflect on these 10 words. Did you spend any time this week thinking about these words? Stop. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Like, are there some lies that you believed that you need to stop believing in the year 2022? Start. Start believing in who you are, who you really are, who God says that you are. Are are there some things that you need to start believing about what God says that you are? Leave. Leave some stuff behind. I guarantee that there's some things that you need to leave behind in attitude or behavior if you want to experience his new beginning. Seek. Seek him first, before and above all things. Are you doing that? Grow. Grow like Jesus grew, right? Jesus grew in wisdom, intellectual development. He grew in stature, physical development. He grew in favor with God, spiritual development. And he grew in favor with people, relational development. You know, have you set any goals, right, in regards to grow? Have you set any intellectual goals, any physical goals this year, any spiritual goals, any relational goals? And then the next word is cast. Cast the right character in the lead role. Are there some areas in your life where you're the lead role where it should be God being the lead character. Follow, follow the correct scripts. Our, our world wants to hand us a bunch of different scripts and, and uh, they're not the scripts we need to follow. We need to follow God's scripts. Pursue the life you're created to live. Ask if what you want is worth it. Like, if what you're giving all your time and energy, what will it be worth 10 billion years from now? And then cancel. Cancel the audition 
because you already got the part. Quit trying to earn God's favor and your place in his story because you already have the part. Help me, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. And Lord, as Jesus said in the upper room in John 13, now that we know these things, we'll be blessed if we do them. I pray for those in this room who need to stop listening to the lies of Satan, who need to set some goals, who need to start believing who they are, who need to stop trying to be the lead character in their story, God, who need to cancel the audition because in you they already have the part. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit move in us and that these words will not just be thoughts, but they'll become the way we pursue our life in the year ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Because here's the truth. If, and in my notes I make the if really big, 24, font if, that's a big if, right? If you take the time to reflect on and respond to these five words, these ten words rather, it'll make a difference, guaranteed. Guaranteed to make a difference. The title for today's message is His Church, A Place of New Beginning. Hashtag, this is a, is a what? It's a football. I brought a football, and, and I apologize. It is the only one they had left at Walmart. The one I had before, I'm a Patriot fan, was slightly deflated, and <laughs> I say that before anybody else does, right? And, 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 and I, my dog, we're throwing it around, and my, my German Shepherd got a hold of it, and well, that was the end of it. So this is a junior size football, uh, but uh, this is a football. Uh, now, Vince Lombardi is remembered as one of the greatest uh, football coaches of all times. The championship trophy is named after him. And I was looking for, hey, could I find a picture of someone holding up the trophy? And TV 12, baby. Not the Bucks, but it's okay. All right. And he's also known as a, as a great motivator. His speech, What It Takes to Be Number One, is still used in sports and business today. Here's some of that speech. He said, winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. He was also known as a tough guy. Uh, Rookies and veterans feared him alike. And at the start of every season, every season, no matter how long you've been on his team, he would gather up his entire team and he would give his famous speech, this is a football. Here's a summary of that speech from Bob Kimbrell's book on management. All the players knew that at the first team meeting, the legendary coach would waste no time getting straight to the point. Many of the men, half Lombardi's age and twice his size, were openly fearful, dreading the encounter. The coach did not disappoint them, and in fact delivered his message in one of the greatest one-liners of all time. Football in hand, the great coach walked in front of the groom, took several seconds to look at over those assembled in silence, held out the pig skin in front of him and said, gentlemen, this is a football. And if you're holding the football as though they had never seen it before, he described its importance. And then he took them outside and he said, hey, right here, this is the end zone. Over here is the out-of-bounds line. Our goal is to take this football across the other team's end zone and to prevent the other team from crossing into our end zone. Every year, every year, no matter if these guys have played for decades, he would stress the importance of fundamentals of the game. Why? 
Because fundamentals matter. Why? Because we can forget fundamentals. And why? Because if you remember them and execute them, there's a high likelihood that you're going to win. Where if you don't remember and execute them, you may not have the results that you want. His church, a place of new beginnings, uh, this is a, a football. Someone say, this is a football. And so everybody remembers this sermon today. If nothing else, I'm going to toss this football out here. Who wants the football? Nobody. Okay, we got... Yeah! Whoa! Did you see those heads? All right. You can have that football. It's, it's yours to take home to your boys. All right. All right. Awesome. If you remember nothing else, he threw a football. Why did he throw a football? Because he threw a football. All right. And, and, and here's what I'm trying to say is that sometimes experiencing a new beginning, it's not about finding something new. It's about going back and doing the things that we already know. It's about reminding ourselves of and recommitting to the fundamentals once again, uh, which makes me think of a, a verse in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, um, that God spoke through Jeremiah to his people in about 590 B.C. I first heard this verse about 20 years ago when I was at a Christ and Youth Summer Conference in Elizabethan, Tennessee. It was a theme verse for the entire weekend. Jeremiah 6.16. I really like that number. You know why I like that number? My first submarine was the USS Woodrow Wilson 624, but it was, it was a 616 class submarine, the Lafayette class. So I always remember this verse, right? That's free. If you ever know what the Lafayette class is, it's submarine class 616, and the Woodrow Wilson 624 was the submarine that I was on. And, and this, this verse was like, it was like the theme verse for the entire, an entire conference. And, and God spoke this, the, these words to the people who had turned away from God. They, they stopped running God's plays. They started running their own plays, and things were not working out well for them. They definitely needed a new beginning, and, and, and we read this. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you'll find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. Again, so, sometimes a new beginning is not about something brand new. It's about going back to the things that you already know. It's about standing in the crossroads and looking and asking, hey, where are those ancient paths? Where are the paths that we used to walk down when we're doing things right and winning games for God? Where are those ancient paths? It's the ninth day, the second Sunday of 2022, 202 hours down, 8,500 and 58 hours left to go. And listen, as we begin this new year, as we refocus our story on the life we're created to live, as we stand at the crossroads and look, this is a football. This is a football. Fundamentals. This is the Bible. Uh, understand, this book contains words that were literally breathed by God. All Scripture is God-breathed. Theanustas. Say that with me. Or say that after me. Or say that with me. Then after me, and then before me, and behind me, and around me. 
makes no sense? My name is Steve. <laughs> oh, okay, it does make sense. Okay, say theanostas. Okay, it's a compound word. Theo, God. Neo, wind or breath. Theanostas, the breath of God. I mean, think about that. The, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who holds oceans in the, in the palm of his hands, who, who breathes out stars, who was and is and always will be, uh, the God who changes the times and seasons and establishes and removes kings and kingdoms, literally breathe the words in this book. This book is alive and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. This book judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. This book is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so God's people are thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh, this book is a, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Uh, this book is a book like no other book in all of human history. Historically accurate, fulfilled prophecies, pre-scientific knowledge. It's the most translated, most printed, most influential, most manuscripts and despite being written over 1,500 years by 40-plus writers, three languages, three continents, this book has incredible unity. No book like it. And listen, for 2,000 years, billions of people, young and old, rich and poor, educated and not educated, male and female, king and peasant, slave and free, different cultures, different places, have read this book and have had their lives radically changed forever. Maple Grove, this is the Bible. This is God's word. And it must be the authority in our lives and in our church. Amen? Amen? Okay. I always want to make sure you want to go home, and that's how I know, right? Your enthusiasm. And in keeping with this, this is a football theme. This book, it's like our playbook. And and we can't leave our playbook on the sidelines, right? we got to bring our playbook onto the field as we're playing the game. What does that look like? Oh, I have a picture for you. Oh! <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm terrible about this, but, but you, know, you, know, you know, he's not sending the text message, right? He, he's, he's in the game. Things are crazy, right? Hey, whoa. I don't know what's going on. Let me look at my playbook. Let me see if I'm running the plays the way that I'm supposed to be. Bottom line, we must read this book, know this book, and live by this book. Get it? Good. Jesus said in John 14, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone that does not love me will not obey my teachings. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask where the ancient paths are. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. And these people were tired and weary. They needed rest. Kind of sad though. Next verse, right? Next line. But what? But we said we will not walk in it. Yeah. This is God's word. Got to know it. Read it. Live by it. But we said we will not walk in it. This is the Bible, Maple Grove, and this is, this is the gospel. In the beginning, God, the one who is and was and always will be, created everything. Galaxies, billions of them. Stars, trillions of them. 
He created our planet, and he filled it with breathtaking beauty, sunrises, sunsets, oceans, mountains, rivers, streams, forests, lakes. I mean, what an incredible world that you and I get to call home. Amen? And listen, not only did God fill this with beauty, this world, he filled it with life. I mean, everywhere you look in our world, there's life. If you were to take a shovel and shovel some dirt and put that dirt under a microscope, it would be teeming with life. And on day six, God created man and woman, the crown of his creation, the very reason why everything exists in the first place. We're the reason there's so many galaxies. We're the reason there's so many stars. And he created man and woman in his own image and likeness, placing them in a garden paradise. And they had an up-close, personal, intimate relationship with God. As crazy as it sounds, God would literally take walks with them in the cool of the morning. I mean, just imagine living in a world untainted by sin, death, decay, and corruption. Imagine experiencing intimacy with God like that. Yes, things were good, very good. But they were not good for very long. You see, before Adam and Eve made it out of the third chapter of God's 1,189-chapter story, they mess up everything, not only for themselves, but for us. They disobey God. They take that bite, and because of their choice, sin, death, and separation invaded God's perfect world. Paul writes in Romans 5.12, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. See, you and I, we don't need Adam's sin to be guilty, do we? We have enough sin of our own. And Paul says in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. God's holy and and we're not. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death and death is separation. Physical death is separation of our spirit from our body. Spiritual death is separation of our spirit from God. But listen, that's only part of the story. You see, long before they took the first bite of that forbidden fruit, God already had a plan to set things right, a plan to remove the distance, a plan to give death, sin, and separation a crushing, lethal, once and for all defeating blow, a plan to unleash his amazing grace. This is the gospel. There's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam brought death to many, But even greater, someone say even greater. greater. Uh, But but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. For God so loved the world that he he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This is the gospel. A gospel we see Peter preaching for the very first time in Acts chapter 2. Thousands are gathered at the temple on the day of Pentecost. We read in verse 6, verse 36. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Right, right? Like they interrupted his sermon, right? He, he's there preaching and they interrupt his sermon. Because now they know that they're in trouble with God. Now they know they have a problem and they want to know what that solution is. Peter replied, repent to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
The promise, the promise of forgiveness is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom our Lord our God will call. With many of the words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. Remember, Grove, this is the gospel. A gospel that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, unleashes the grace of God, saving us from his wrath, moving us from death to life. Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked, according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Children under wrath. Raise your hand if you want to be a children under God's wrath. Raise your hand. Does that sign you up? Supersize it? I don't think so. It actually is the word children. I, some versions say object. I always said object of God's wrath, but I was looking at the Greek this week, and it actually is the word for children. Like Sometimes I'm like, why didn't you just say children? I don't, I don't know. But they're smarter than me. So, um, But God, that's a good but right there. But God, who's rich in mercy, because of his great love, that he has for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. This is a gospel that we're saved by grace. A gospel that everyone needs to hear and accept, because if not, the consequences are severe. Second Thessalonians 1.89. Some of my least favorite verses in the entire Bible. They're true, though. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know anybody? Any family members, any co-workers, any neighbors who don't know God, who have not surrendered to the gospel? They'll be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. You see, Everyone, whoever has breathed on this planet, has the same problem, sin. And we all have have the same solution, right? The grace of God. Amen? You see, Jesus did not primarily come to make your life good, to straighten out your life. He came to save you. Save you from what? Save you from who? He came to save you from God. He came to save you from God's wrath. Amen? And and that's the gospel. A gospel that Paul said was the most important thing in his life. In fact, Paul said this in Acts chapter 20 when he's heading back to Jerusalem, probably going to be arrested and maybe even killed. He says this, but my life is worth nothing to me, Acts 20 verse 24, my life is worth nothing nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This is the Bible. This is the gospel. And this is our mission. Right? Fundamentals. We have to create something new. When Jesus came to them, Acts 28, after his resurrection, soon to go back home to the Father, came to them and said, all authority. That's a lot of authority. 
and heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And, and here's the deal, too. To, to be a disciple is to live your life on mission. And to live your life on mission is the life that you were created to live. Uh, I'm saying, it, if there's a God, and there is, and if, God, if, God cre- if you're created by God, and you were, and if God has a plan, a purpose, and a mission for your life, and he does, then this, God's plan, God's purpose, is the life that you're created to live. Get it? Good. And wouldn't it be a shame to leave this planet having never lived that life? See, see, I'm convinced of two things. Number one, that, that in regards to our mission, that nothing is more important than living your life on mission. Nothing is more important than you living the life that God created you to live. I mean, if you can think of something more important or more enduring, let me know, and we'll sell this building tomorrow, and we'll join that movement. Amen? Next, I'm convinced that no individual, Jesus follower, church, will just accident, accidentally fall into living their life on mission, right? Just accidentally find yourself, wow, I'm a really fully devoted follower of Jesus. Why? Because too many lesser things are vying for and often do get our attention. Why? Because the urgent will cause us to neglect what is important. And remember, the urgent is seldom important And the important seldom seems urgent. Why? Because we have an enemy. He'll do anything he can to stop us from living a mission. Like, he doesn't care how many people walk through the doors of a building, even singing praises to him, if their hearts are not fully committed to his mission. If they're only there really for them, for themselves. And so, we need a game plan to ensure that we're living our lives on mission. And you know what? We already have one. Uh, we've actually had one since the spring of 2014. Like, it's already in our, in our playbook. We even, we even made, hey, Tom, yo, dude. <laughs> hey, this is so unprofessional of me, but uh, would you grab the, the one that has the biggest diagram out there of, you know what I'm saying? You know where I'm coming from, dude? All right. I was supposed to bring something in here from my office, and I didn't. So I remember one time, people used to, like, mess with my sermons before I put them in a binder, students in Georgia, and they would mix, mix my notes up. And one time they took some notes, and they, and they put a page in my office. And I'd go like, whoa. And I had to run to my office and get in the middle of the service. So I was supposed to bring this. And let's give Tom a hand. All right. Hey, and now for the price is right. All right, all right. And we even put them in posters, right? If any, has anybody ever noticed this, right? Maybe you've seen it, maybe you wondered about it. It's been there for about seven years, right? Like, we have a great playbook. Uh, we don't need a new one. We just need to start working with the one we already have. You know, I try to watch as many New England Patriot games as I can. I, I have their app downloaded on my phone, Okay. It gets even sicker than that. Like, I like to watch the press conferences after the game, hear what the guys are saying about the game. And then I even watch them throughout the week. I get a notice, hey, Bill Belichick is having a press conference. 
And, and if you want to have a fun time, watch him give a press conference. It's, it's really a trip. Um, but, but one thing, you'll hear him say every time that they lose a game, he'll say something to the effect of, you know, we, it, it's not that we didn't have the right plays or didn't have the right players. The problem was that in so many areas, we did not execute, right? We did not execute, and we need to execute better. I like what Tony Dungy says about execution. He's a great football coach. No excuses, no explanations. You don't win on emotions. You win on execution, right? See, it's not about putting in a bunch of new plays. It's about actually running the plays you already have, but running them in a more effective manner. Get it? Good. And don't be afraid. Hey, would someone, some folks help me pass these out? Somewhere, some place for you to put your gum or something. Okay. This is going kind of quick because it's something we're going to be talking about throughout the year. And by the way, those 10 words, I have some more of those cards back there for you to think about. Hey, what lies am I believing? What do I need to start believing? Um, what do I need to leave behind? They're back there as well, these cards that, as you start this new year. And, and so uh, I'm basically just going to go over this, this diagram. And Tom put it at the exact perfect spot. We're both from Baltimore. We get it. We understand each other, brother. We do. All right. And, and, and so a life lived on mission begins with belong. Right? It begins with belong. Belonging to Christ through surrendering to his gospel and faith, repentance, and baptism. Question, does Jesus want you to belong to Christ? Answer, yeah, he does. The cross, okay? And just to let you know, give you a heads up, on January the 30th, you don't have to wait till then. By all means, it's ready to go right now. But if you've never surrendered to Christ in baptism, been buried with Christ, I want to encourage you to do that on January the 30th. Give me a call, let me know. Again, it's ready to go right now. I have shorts and things back there if you wanted to do it today, all right? It begins with belong, belonging to... Christ, and then belonging to his church, belonging to his family. Does God want you to belong to his church? Answer, yes. Ephesians 2, 19-22. In him, the whole building is joined together. Someone say, joined together. And rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his Spirit. Joined together, right? You know, I, I brought this as a, you know, this is a piece of the hardwood floor for my, my house. When we moved in, they had extras laying in our, in our, in our basement. And, and uh, by itself, it doesn't make much of a house, right? You know, by itself, it doesn't, doesn't work so good, right? But when it's joined together, right, I actually have a floor in my house, right? A bunch of these suckers, right, kind of decided they're going to hang out together. And guess what? I have something I can, I can walk on, right? But by itself, it doesn't make much of a house. But when it, is, when it is joined together, right, that's when it becomes a building and dwelling place for God. 
If you'd like to talk about, you know, being a part of this church family, let me know. We can talk and chat about it. Deborah and Roger, we chatted a few weeks ago, and they, they said, hey, yeah, we want to be a part of Maple Grove. And so now they're, they're members of our church, right? And we're excited to have them. <laughs> Next, a life lived a mission that deepens with grow. Does God want you to grow spiritually? Answer, yeah, he does. First Peter 2, 2. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Crave. Like newborn babies. Uh, Hebrews 5, 12 and 13. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what is right. See, it's natural to grow. Like, like, like my oldest is... Uh, it's going to be 38 years old in March. I was five, a miracle father at five years old. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, you know, she's going to be 38. And I'm so glad she doesn't wear diapers anymore, right? You know, because she has like five kids to take care of, you know. And it would really be hard. And like she never grew up. Because it's hard to be a parent if you don't grow up. Which is part of the problem with so many people today. They have parents who never actually grew up emotionally and physically, Right? But God wants us to grow up. And there's six habits that can help you grow, right? Proven habits, part of the playbook. I'm not making these up. There's going to be scripture references. I'm not going to take time to read them. You know, they're in your, in your notes today. You can read those, right? Here's a habit that will help you grow. The habit of regular church attendance, right? That will help you grow, right? Guaranteed to help you grow. And if you're unable to attend, like we have some folks watching online right now, you know, you know some people have a, 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 a Right? You know what I'm saying? You with me? Some people have a... a <laughs> I'm still not well. Uh, uh, it's so much fun. It's a radiation for the summary. But, you know, if we have a legitimate reason, watch online, right? That's totally cool. How do you know if your reason is legitimate? Ask God. The guy, I'm not going to church today. Um... Is going to Disney World? Well, whatever. You, you, you fill in the blank. Is that, are you kind of cool with that? Would you, 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 you'll give me a, a church pass for today if God says, hey, yeah. You know, obviously, we, we've been in a season for two years that a lot of concerns about gathering together, and I totally get that. that. That's legit. But then, if you can't be here, watch at 1015, right? So you're actually still with us. Um, next habit is the habit of, of Bible reading and Bible study, right? You know, reading the Bible, Bible study. And there, I have some passages there that you can, you can check out later. But, you know, we've been doing something for, I don't know, eight, year, nine years. We have a faith comes from hearing where we encourage people to read a chapter a day. A new plan kicks off, a version plan. I'll be sending out a, a text or e- an email about it. kicks off on the 19th of, uh, of January. I encourage you to join that. Habit of prayer. Habit of prayer. And uh, one of the great ways to pray, right, is the acts of prayer. Right? You start by adoration. God, you're awesome and amazing. C stands for confession. God, you know what? I, I'm kind of off track. I'm not living for you like I should. Thanksgiving, right? God, thank you for all you've given me. Thank you that when I turned my faucet on this morning and I had water, thank you that my heat worked. Thank you that I have a car. Thank you that I'm open the pantry. I have food in the pantry. And thank you for, for Jesus, right? You thank him. And then supplication, that's a churchy word that means, yeah, you pray for stuff, right? You just pray for stuff. Pray for other people and you pray for yourself, right? 
Now, now do you think that the habit of regular church attendance, habit of reading and studying the Bible, the habit of, of prayer would help you grow spiritually? Absolutely. Then you have the habit of community. You know, the, the habit of, uh, of doing life together. I, I, I like this passage here in Acts chapter 2. Um, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Um, See, the guys who play football don't just show up on Sunday. They kind of get together during the week to figure things out and to work through some things they got to do better in the coming week, right? Hold each other accountable, right? And, and so Sunday's good, but we need to meet with believers during the week who help us in our journey to become more like Jesus. In a few weeks, we're going to be having a life group information meeting for those who signed up who are interested. Free food, no obligation. You'll be out here out of doors by 12.30, right? Um, uh, free pizza, free food, someone will watch your kids, and you'll come and hear about, hey, what's the deal about life groups, and why should I be a part of it? Um, uh, the final habit is everyone's favorite habit. <laughs> the habit of percentage giving. See, the Old Testament had this thing called a tithe, which, anybody know what percent of tithe is supposed to be? 10%, right? Malachi actually said that when people failed to do this, they were actually robbing God. Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you and your tithes and your contributions? You know, I, I've been robbed before. A house was robbed when I lived in Tampa at one time, and I wasn't very fond of the robber. Never met him, but, you know, I, I wasn't happy with him. He stole a bunch of stuff that I cared about. Um, Jesus talked about tithing. He said, yes, you should tithe, but don't neglect the more important things. Now, here, here's, here's the deal. Everybody gives a percentage of their income. Somewhere between zero and 100, right? Everybody does. And, and how do we know if the percentage that we're giving is generous? Have you ever asked God? And so I just encourage you to ask God. Pray to God. God, is the percentage I'm giving back to you, would you consider that generous? Lord, show me what percentage of my income is generous. And so those habits, right, of attending church, of reading your Bible, of, of praying, of, of, of community, the habit of prayer, the habit of percentage giving are things that will help you grow spiritually. Next, a life lived on mission expresses itself in serve. I like this verse here. We're about done. Trust me. Kind of. Uh. We're going in overtime, all right? Double overtime, triple overtime, yeah! <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, sorry. Ephesians 4, check this out. Christ gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be pastors and teachers, to equip God's people for works of service so the body of Christ can be built up. For him, the body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. I like that, right? Everybody's got a job to do. You know, NFL team has 53 players, 16 guys on the practice squad. Uh, they have, you know, 10 to 20 people in their front office. I was reading on the internet, which, you know, it's got to be true if it's on the internet, right? That it, it takes 5,000 staff members to pull off an NFL game. 
That's what they said on Gillette Stadium's website. It's like, that's crazy, right? 5,000? But see, everybody has a job to do, right? Not everybody's doing the same job, right? Like even the football team, like if, if you had 11 quarterbacks on the field at the same time, you wouldn't get very far, right? Yeah, everybody's got a job to do, and every job's important to the whole, right? And see, each of us have talents and abilities. Each of us do some things well. Like, I sing very well, you know? Like, I'm one of the best singers this church has ever seen, right? You know, not really. But, um, but we all have a job to do. We all have a part we can play. And, and, and every role is important. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Every job we do is helping us win for Christ. And, and so, you know, if you, if you found a place to serve, great. If you'd like us to help you to find a place to serve, it's great. Because God, God has given you this talent and this ability, right? And, and he wants you to use it to make his church stronger. And finally, and, and a life of little mission unleashes the favor and power of God through engage. Engaging, engaging the world through acts of compassion. And we're trying to do that as a church. I think we're doing pretty good on that. Making a difference in our community. Meeting the real needs of people. Even having a little baby bot. Hope you grab one on the way out. You know, we're just about to drop the change in there. Did you drop the change in there? Grab one of those cards and pray. Pray that, pray that these young ladies, some in a very crisis situation, don't know what to do, don't know where to turn, that they can choose life. And the pregnancy center, they also, they, they don't like, oh, great, you chose life, don't want to ever see you again. They will mentor these young moms and help these, some moms coming years and years later to come in for counsel and advice, right? They partner with these people to choose life. And, and by you grabbing a baby bottle and dumping in some change, you're taking part of that. You're becoming a partner in that, in that ministry. But we want our world to be better because we're here, right? We want to make a difference in our community, we also engage by the world by sharing his gospel. And we've talked about that already this morning. But, but I tell you, there's nothing that you and I will ever do that gets God more fired up than when we share with a lost person the hope and life and salvation they can have in Jesus. Amen? Fires them up. And, and here's this prayer that we, we've had around here for a long time. And I, I got to confess, I, I don't pray it every day. You know, but it's a simple prayer that every day we should be praying this prayer. Lord, show me someone that I can share your love with today. Just show me somebody. And, and if we pray that, then we, we go to work, we're like, okay, is there somebody? Is that him? Is that the one? Is that the one you want to pray for? Is that the one who needs encouragement? Is that the one who needs hope? Is that the one who needs healing? This is a football. This is the Bible. This is a gospel, and this is our mission. And understand, becoming the person, living the life that God created you to live, a life that belongs and grows and serves and engages, is not just one pursuit among many. It, it's why you're born. It's why you exist. And it's worth pursuing above all else. Amen? And now for the next 20 minutes, no. <laughs> just kidding. And, and just like before, like, you know, these cards I give you, I, I, I can't make you do those cards. I wish I could. I wish I could make you, hey, what lies are you believing that are hindering you? How has Satan lied to you and is stealing the life God has for you? I wish I could do that. 
I wish I could say, hey, what do you need to leave behind? What attitude behavior you keep doing that keeps tripping up every year? You keep falling to the same trap. Now, I wish I could do that. Now, I wish I had say, hey, you know what? Hey, look at that diagram, and do you belong to Christ? you belong to church? Are, are you growing? Have you made these commitments? But, but I did those cards, and, and to me, if just one person takes a card home and says, you know what? I want to live the life God created me to live. That makes all the difference. So I just encourage you to spend some time doing that. Have, there's extra cards back there. I'm going to, would you guys stand as I pray? You guys are awesome. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we could be in this room. And, and God, we're only nine days into New Year. And, and God, when we did that one to ten thing, I don't think there are many tens in this room. But God, if we make a commitment to chase after you, to chase after the life you have for us, then that number will be closer to a ten than it was when we walked in. And God, I pray that you'd just be with us, that you would help us, God. Help us to breathe out the world and breathe you in. And, and God, as we sing this song, as we prepare to, to take communion together, Lord, to celebrate Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and the life we have in him, God, I pray we celebrate the fact, Lord, and you know, this is a really fun song to sing, Lord, but we're so happy that, that Jesus came, that you love the world, and that your love has taken a hold of us. In Jesus' name, amen.